T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. He's Matt. I'm Bruce. We're here for you every Saturday talking baseball 52 weeks out of the year on the score and inside the clubhouse. The number 312-644-6767. Cubs, Sox, everything baseball. And by the way, Matt, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's, the best deli restaurant and bakery in Chicagoland. They welcome you to what to their Northbrook location. Wintertime is soup season at Max and Benny's. Chicken noodle, kreplach, matzo ball soup, sweet and sour cabbage, and a different veggie soup each day. Warm the body, soothe the soul at this iconic food emporium. By the way, uh, Max and Benny's open for you for dinner every night from 4 to 9 p.m. Everything that you want, and especially the freshest fish in Chicago. Max and Benny's where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. This hour on the score is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call one eight seven seven cars for kids Well, look at that. A potential major league signing by the Chicago Cubs. Um, Steven Souza Jr., outfielder, big guy. What, 6'4", 225? Yeah, big guy. He, uh, before this accident where he tore up his knee uh, in, in four different areas, he was a guy that had good speed, mm-hmm. uh, good power. A couple years ago, 30 home run season for him. Yeah, it started out that year, that 2017 year, like a house of fire. Finished with 30 homers, 78 ribs, OPS over um, 800 for Tampa Bay. Don't know what his speed factor will be like or his range factor will be like when he comes back from this uh, very serious operation. But uh, it appears the Cubs have done their due diligence and are um, on the cusp of making this official. And as you're looking at it, this is a guy who has, you know, hit um, as a righty um, an awful lot against against both sides in his career. But is is this if if the roster were to be what it is now, and and I think the Cubs hope and a lot of fans hope that there's more change and more additions still between now and opening day, which is going to be difficult to do. But if the roster were to stay, are we looking at a situation where he is a platoon corner infielder? With short yeah. platoon corner outfielder with Jason Hayward. Is that, is, that, is that one way to read it? Could be, or that Hayward is the center fielder again. And that Sousa plays more often. Mm-hmm. So that could be it. But they needed the right-handed pop that they got from, um, from Castellanos last year. They needed to make up for that. And um, maybe this is uh, somewhat of an answer to that down the line. Just depends how he's used. Um, there could be platooning. I, I just think there's at least two more moves that the Cubs will make, and I'm sure one will involve an outfielder. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, a guy like Inciarte of Atlanta seems to be the type of guy that um, that would fit for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, he, he's making some money, but the fact is is that uh, he answers a couple of uh, really uh, big areas that the Cubs need that that have hole that they need, and that is 
uh, leadoff man and um, center field. This is uh, Inciarte is a career three thirty eight on base percentage, peaked at about three fifty over a couple full years, 2016, 2017, but gold glove three different times as a center fielder. Yeah, this is what they need. And not a, and a professional guy, not afraid to go up there and be a leadoff man, okay? Not saying any of the Cub players were afraid, but my point is saying afraid meaning that uh, he's comfortable in that type of skin. I think they believe now, Bruce, some of the things that they did not believe about yeah, that course. position, that it is a different thing. Like closer needs to know the ninth inning is not going to affect them. Leadoff needs to know leadoff's not going to affect them. Theo Epstein got sick of me over the last three years asking about the leadoff spot. And that, because to me it was relevant that, okay, they had some on-base percentage guys, but they they weren't natural leadoff guys. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't guys that were like Dexter Fowler that could – you know, set the tone, see eight or nine pitches, and even if he made an out, uh, already set a vibe like, hey, you got me out, dude, but we got you now. We All my guys have just seen all your pitches, and they're ready to start raking on you. Uh, so that is kind of the vibe that you have to set as a leadoff man. There's a cockiness about it that has to be there, that I'm the dude here, if I get on, Fine. If I don't, I'm going to see a lot of pitches and we're going to be on top of you and I'm going to eat up 10% of your pitches right here in this first at bat. And a short memory after failures, which are obviously inevitable in that way. And it can't be somebody as mentally strong as Jason Hayward has admitted to being affected by it. And some very good hitters are affected by it. The best fit right now on the roster is Rizzo. And they finally realized yeah. it, and it. And I know they don't like it, but they that's... Can't, they can't do that. I know. So that's because why... Because he, he can't run. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's why if, if you're going you're going to go that direction in-house, Bryant is a better pick for me because he can run. Hmm. Okay? And because of the fact that he can go first to third. He can go first to home on a double. Uh, you are risking an awful lot with a... Uh, with an Anthony Rizzo leading off and attempting to be the base runner that he needs to be in the leadoff spot. As currently constructed, you're looking at Schwarber left, Hayward right, Hap Almora in center. You don't feel good about that. I don't see it. So if Souza gets here, then you're looking at Souza in a corner and maybe Hayward pushed to center or Hayward platoon. Maybe. I just, I don't see any of that. I I see another center fielder coming from somewhere else. I think that's a top main objective for the Chicago Cubs in this last couple of months before opening day. Uh, you know, we're probably exactly two months from opening day here. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of time, Matt. Um, it's not like, oh, you haven't done anything all winter, so, you know, you suck. That's not that's not the mode. The mode is make sure that you know what Chris Bryant's worth. Make sure you know... Uh, what you might get back and you might not, uh-huh. and I don't see that happening at this point. I just don't see, I don't see the the uh, cachet of players out there that's going to make that worthwhile for them right now. In it, yeah, I, in Atlanta now that Marcelo Zuna has right. signed a one year prove it deal for eighteen million dollars there. They've also got Nick Marcakis still. They've also got Adam Duvall still and Ronald Acuna still. That's four. Yeah, Acuna is your center fielder. So I mean, uh, again, Inciarte. No room at the end. And, you know, it's time to move on and no better place in Chicago. Again, can they afford his salary? 
Or can that be offset by a player going back, making a couple million dollars? The number one or maybe number two prospect for the Atlanta Braves is a kid named Christian Pache, um, who is a center fielder leadoff type who absolutely killed it at AAA yeah. this year. So if I'm them and I'm gonna obviously go for it mode and trying to win, you go ahead and move on in Ciarte, knowing that you've got this kid you can bring up who costs you nothing to play center if you need it. Right, and, and you know, and you might not need it. And again, uh, I'm sure Atlanta would like to dump some salary yeah. to be a to be ready come July if they need to add a pitcher or a, a player that's going to cost them a few million dollars. Steven Souza, and we're already getting texts about it. His uh, most famous thing, if you were to Google him, is a moment when he dove for a fly ball that was about 30 feet away when he was a member of the Tampa Bay Rays. He had a uh, you know, a, 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 a ridiculous, a blooper kind of moment. My favorite part of that story is he comes up to bat the next time in Minnesota at Target Field. They give him a derisive standing ovation. He steps out of the box, acknowledges it, steps back in, and homers. Right. F you, yeah. says Steven Sousa. No, absolutely. I love that. I mean, uh, you know, Osuna, who used to be a gold glove outfielder for, the, uh, for uh, Tampa, or for Miami, for, for Miami, he's got his own blooper uh, moment. Right? He he had a he had one of those moments, you know, going up, uh, climbing the wall, and a ball <laughs> bouncing fifteen feet in front of him. Yeah, you know. So I mean, again, it happens, you know. But um, there are options out there, and I, again, I'm a firm believer that Epstein and Hoyer will make a couple moves here that change the the whole outlook of that team. And if you if you imagine an NCRT uh-huh. uh, leading off and playing center field, don't you automatically? If you don't, if you don't do anything else, you feel a lot don't better. you automatically think, yeah, you know what? Um, with that combination, you know they might be right there for the division. Well, the pitching still, the rotation still screams I mean, you're gonna, at you. You're going to you. have the Cardinals ahead, right? You're gonna. That's gonna be most people's number one pick. The right? Brewers, Reds, and Cubs are gonna be in a mishmash yeah, I, from I mean, two to four in a lot of predictions. With all respect to the Brewers, who do probably more with less than anybody in baseball, they, and their manager is really good at it. They, and their general manager is good at it. They have less than even last year. Don't they, they they have less. So I'm I'm picking them fourth. You know, if it's if it's the teams that are out there. 40-man roster-wise, 25-man roster-wise right now. Hmm. I'm going Cardinals, Cubs, Reds, and then Brewers. Yeah. it's. Um, but I'm, but the Reds if I'm, could yeah. easily be 1-2. The, the Reds' starting rotation is, is frightening. Right. It's the best in the division. Right. And so when you think about that and then what the possibilities need to be for offense, it gets, it gets daunting. If I'm a Brewers fan, I'm, I'm grumpy about their inability yeah. to capitalize on the moment, on the mix that they have, on the young talent that's but, all coalescing look together. Look what they've done over the last two years. Grumpy. Look what they've done. They've gone to the playoffs two years yeah. in a row. They got beat oddly by the Washington Nationals. But right? I'm grumpy about the offseasons. It was, was odd that they got beat in that wild card game. But they did. It was odd. It was very odd. But the idea... That they were good enough to make the playoffs two years in a row, mm-hmm. be one game away from going to the World Series two years ago. Uh, that's a manager who, uh, to me, has really shown that he's one of the top two or three managers in the game over the last couple of years. That's a general manager uh, that works together well with his metrics department, with his 
uh, with his manager and his coaches to get the very best and to have as good a game plan as anybody has on a daily basis to be competitive. Because if you tell me the starting pitching they have, you know, you're going to pick them right there with Pittsburgh just on starting pitching alone. If, you, if and maybe Pittsburgh has better. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at Ender Inciarte, it's a $7 million base salary for 2020, $8 million for 2021. It's a team option at 2022. I don't know right. if that's something that would kick in with a trade or not. Um, but there's not many leadoff types and center fielders available. They're just it, they're really hard to find. That's a that's a, a manageable amount considering let's say Almora is in the trade and he's their he's their ultimate backup guy in Atlanta and that's a couple million dollars or close to it coming off to shave off a little of the seven million dollars owed to Inciarte. Mm-hmm. So if the Cubs can manage to afford a five million dollar salary, uh that would be something of that nature. But People are going to say, well, they couldn't afford the Japanese player. He was only $7 million a year for three years. He would have solved the same problem that Inciarte would. Then I have no answer for it. If they can't afford the $5 million of the adding on Inciarte, then I'm at a loss with this type of conversation. Well, uh, all of the stoppers that have been there before um, in terms of the Chris Bryant trade Chris Bryant grievance and the possible trade of Chris Bryant or somebody else from the core that we all thought has been inevitable this entire offseason. Um, where do we stand on the grievance as far as you know, still coming? I, I was told two weeks ago that it would have been, uh, it would have been resolved by now. Oh God. So they're there. And that's the best of my knowledge. That's what uh, some of the people in baseball had heard as well. All so, right. so no more predictions on that. Uh, it's just uh it's mind-boggling. Nobody seems to think that it's going to go Bryant's way, yet nobody would make a trade mm-hmm. seriously without knowing for sure whether you had one or two years of contract control. And then that trade market in a post-Josh Donaldson to the Twins world that we live in, is Atlanta with the acquisition of Ozuna out of it for trading for Bryant? They've still got a young third baseman, Austin Riley, yeah. who probably is going to play. They're out of it because they just put their money toward uh, Ozuna. Ozuna. So then that leaves the teams that we've heard about, the Phillies and the Nationals, really the big ones. You know, uh, if you if you analyze the Texas Rangers uh, lineup and the fact that they've put money toward their pitching ro- rotation, starting rotation, they're, they're minus a big bat. They need a big bat. That's why they're in the Arenado conversations and rumors. And, 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 and still the Arenado thing is still so convoluted where we've seen Arenado come out and be angry about how this situation has been yep. handled. And the only, way, the only way we can look at it is to say Arenado must have had conversations with them about teams that he would accept going to. They had to because he has a complete no trade. So it would make little sense if you're the uh, Colorado Rockies, Breidich, the general manager, and he's sitting down with Atlanta, uh, St. Louis and going, well, we'd like this pitcher, this pitcher, this pitcher, this veteran player to offset some of the money for you without going down the road of talking to uh, Arenado and his people by saying, you know, would you accept a trade? Here, here, or here. In Texas, they signed Todd Frazier, but they could move him to first if they acquired a third you know, baseman. He's a, you know, he's a spear carrier at this point. You know, he's a, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he would be ideal as a utility type guy uh, and a you know good guy to have in the club. But you know, you you don't want to you don't want to think that 
You want to hand him 150 games at third no, base? No, that, that's just not where he's at. You know, at this point in his career. So, uh, do, do, I think we still have to expect money to come off the books in the form of a of a player before opening day, somehow, some way for these Cubs. I guess, I, but it, but it, it you know it, it looks less and less like one of the big names at this point. I mean, it looks it looks to me it looks less and less like Bryant. The Contreras thing doesn't make sense at this point. There's really you know, do you, do you really think that Victor Caratini is a 120-game catcher? No, a lot of the low-money free agent catchers that might have made They're sense, gone. the Jason Castros are gone, Robinson Chirinos, those guys are gone. Right, so if you were going to live with less offense from the catching spot, which they can't really afford right now, mm. you'd, ha- you'd have to make it up somewhere else. You know, you'd have to make it up. And uh, I don't I don't know. I, th- I, I just think some stealth move for a leadoff man center fielder type is – is probably the best that they can do. If that's all that happens, and somehow they find and, a way and to they get... And they still need bullpen help. Yeah. Well, I, I think they're convinced that uh, a lot of the, the low-money minor league bridge guys that they've gotten, they're going to be able to fix them in the pitch lab like they did with Rowan Wick and Kyle Ryan and Brad Wick. They've, okay. they've done some work that I think they believe in, Bruce. Good luck on that. I know, but I think that's the way they're going mean, to do. I, I do I, I'm not negative about that because I do believe that younger arms that can be developed is a smart way to go because some of these veteran guys we saw break down so badly, you know, at the end of the year last year, Sure, that's not a way to go. But if you're going to quote unquote, try to win a championship, those developmental guys might not be the guys to get you there right now. I'll tell you what though, if, if the, if the lineup, if these bats stays the same with the addition of a guy like Enciarte at the top who would transform things, like, all of a sudden, you're not worried about leadoff. It's just your guy, and it's a different profile than right. what you've had, all of that. And then you add in the fact that I think David Ross is expected to, and I believe is going to be able to get more out of some of these guys than they've gotten out of them over the last couple years. I, I think they really need that, and they expect that to happen from Ross. If those things happen, I don't think it's as bleak as Cub fans feel if they yeah, make those I'm, kind of moves. I, I'm not in the rah-rah part of this, honestly, because I think – these professional guys are really good already, and whether they've they get together enough on the field or not, and have a a sense of team about them, I think that can be improved. I think that's important. But the idea that they're going to be better players because David Ross is going to be in their face in a positive way—that's that's too much amateur sports for me. Well, that's that's not that's not dealing with world championship players who have been to the playoffs four out of the last five years. Yeah, but they're still humans. They're still humans, so Bruce. What, what are you, are you going to take in the tasty freeze no. after they do the right thing? Or? No, I'm going to get in their face and try to hold them accountable in a way that I think the manager got get tired of doing. in their face for what? It's the way that Ross works. You know how I mean, he what, talks what, to people. What, what would you say to Chris Bryant that he should do better? I, I, that's not my job. That's, that's Ross's mean, you know, I'm, job. I'm just asking, you know, what, what could you tell him to improve the method that he goes about his job. Have you ever been in a place or worked in a place where people got a little complacent and didn't do their best work? Quit talking about the score. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not answering questions about that. We'll get in trouble. You've been in a lot of radio stations. But I've been in, uh, you know, there there is... You ever been around guys who get complacent and don't do their best work? All the time. Okay, thanks for your call. I've seen it. But but at the same time, I've been around great professionals that work here, that worked at... Absolutely. ESPN that bring it every single Absolutely. day. I've been around like it, 
Like it's the first time they've uh-huh. ever had a chance. And okay. I've been around great professionals who didn't give it their best towards the yeah, end of a of run. Of course, I've seen that. I've seen it both ways. All right. You know, I saw I saw Mike North have <laughs> one of the greatest careers ever in sports radio. And at the end, he was talking about politics and about religion. And he was taken right. for granted. But he was still a great performer, right. a great talent. He just wasn't going to his wheelhouse. That's what cost him being still there and he's and he's still viable out there i appreciate I love mike i appreciate and, you making my point though but i mean he is he's a he's a, a great example of that the guy brought it every day mm-hmm. he was uh, he he changed the way sports radio was in the city of chicago and uh, this station but uh you know again uh we start believing ourselves as to who we are and what we've been and you know, we end up somewhere else. Yeah, man, it's it's just so true. In so many walks of life, you drink your own Kool Aid after a while, and you forget what uh, if you water put tastes Mike like. Mike back on the air right now, in a in a prime spot, he would bring it. It's six seventy. The scores where you are this hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call one eight seven seven Cars for Kids. He's Bruce Levine. I am Matt Spiegel. It is inside the clubhouse. Frank Manichino, the new White Sox hitting coach, going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Join Northwestern Basketball the new Welsh Ryan Arena this season. Home opponents include Ohio State, Michigan, and Purdue. Single-game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now at nusports.com. It is snowing outside, but thoughts of spring are everywhere because it's Sox Fest weekend. Time for our next guest who joins us on the Alpamani Ford Hotline. Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. Frank Menachino, the new hitting coach for your Chicago White Sox. Nice enough to take some time from Sox Fest to join us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Frank. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Uh, we've been hearing a lot from uh, the guys that had you as a hitting coach that are learning about you as a hitting coach that saw you and have hooked up with you a little bit in, in Glendale as a hitting coach early uh, during this uh, early winter time, um, the pugnacious part of you, the energy part of you, um, how would you define yourself as a hitting coach if someone asked you to? Wow. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? I like to keep everything positive. Um, I'm, I try to stay upbeat. I want to have a lot of energy for the guys. And number one thing is you got to be available. You got to be available. You got to know when to to push these guys. You got to know when to lay off. But most important thing is being available and understanding 
how hard it is to play the game. I'll never forget how hard it is to play this game. And sometimes when you coach it for a long time, you kind of forget how hard it is to uh, to play this game. And hitting's hard, man. Hitting is really hard. So first and foremost, I'm available. I'm here for them. I'm only happy when I'm pissed. So don't worry about my <laughs> face and me yelling. You know, so, you know, they understand that, that when I'm yelling and screaming and, Getting stuff done, it's for their benefit. Well, you got you got Coop on the other side of it with the pitching, so <laughs> you fit in perfectly, Frank. That that oh, yeah. that that's beautiful right there. Yeah, a couple of New York grumps over there. Yeah, you know? that should work out. And yeah. high energy guys, grumpy old men. <laughs> Frank, um, you, you know that mental part of it. It's 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 so massive, obviously, for these guys, and that's why whenever we talk about hitting coaches through the years. It, it, it gets frustrating for some people to talk about and think about, but it's really, it's anecdotal, right? It's about the relationships and the number of guys you can try to connect with. And uh, it doesn't mean you don't coach everybody the same way, right? But, but you got to try and connect with as many guys in whatever ways they need as possible. You got to learn the person. You got to learn what, what makes them tick. You got to learn how they think. For me, it's, I want to learn how they think. What, what, what they think is right and wrong and how they interpret it, right? Their perspective on it. So, you know, when you have your way of thinking and I'm saying something that you don't understand, I got to be able to say the same thing five different ways until they get it and they click with it. And now they have to commit to it and believe in it. And I like, you know, my motto is get comfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's the only way you're going to grow. And sometimes you got to trick yourself into doing something that's right when it don't feel right, but you got to keep doing it. And all of a sudden, boom, it clicks and it get it and results, especially in the big leagues, man, when you're trying to teach guys stuff in the big leagues, you know, young guys get there, maybe they're not quite ready, but we, we get them there. And now we're trying to teach them how to do stuff in the big leagues when it counts, because it counts money, numbers, your ego, it all counts. And when you're learning in the big league, it's really hard because when stuff goes bad and you don't feel good, you're going to revert back to your old habits, right? So we got to get guys to commit, understand, and have a base plan that when stuff hits the fan, we go back to this base plan and go one at bat, pitch to pitch, one at bat, get things rolling. Let's do it right for the next 10 at bats so we could save the next 50. So, so with that said, when you're dealing with all these different relationships and you were the Marlins hitting coach for a number of years and now with these guys, do you keep files or keep notes on like, all right, this is how this guy works or this is how this guy works? Uh, I mean, how do you keep track of all these different guys in that way? Oh, absolutely. You have to keep track. But what I also do is I make them keep track. So I make them keep track of when they're going good. I make them keep track of when – Stuff's not going, you know, stuff's not going their way, but they're still hitting the ball hard. They're not getting the results. I make them keep a journal on themselves. Some of them do, some of them don't, but I get on them about, hey, when, you, when you're going good, let's go back and look. Because now it's in their words, their thoughts, everything. They're not talking to me and trying to sound, sound like me, and they're not trying to tell me what I told them. So it's their own words. Hey, I'm really doing good. Because when we're hitting and we're doing really good, we're oblivious. That we're not thinking, right? We're just 
up there hitting. I feel good. You don't pay attention. So I try to teach them to pay attention how you feel. I'm not worried about what he's trying to do to me. I'm not worried about this and my hands or my load. I'm up there. Where's the ball? Where am I looking for it? And I'm going to get a good swing on it. And everything's confident. So I try to keep them in tune with themselves when, hey, when I'm going good, and I'll even take video of them when they don't even know in the cage when they're going good. And when they say, well, you know, I did this and I did that. Well, hold on. Let's go look. Oh, you have that? Oh, hmm. I didn't even know you had that. Yeah, I got it. Let's go. Let's go look. So that that's interesting. So now you put, yeah. yeah, you put you put video to some words, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, shit, I'm good. <laughs> Frank Menachino joining us yeah. in, inside the clubhouse from SoxFest for just a few more minutes. And uh, you answered a question I was going to a- ask you, and but I'll extend it out asking you how much technology, how much baseball lab stuff – will go into Frank Menachino's way of uh, helping their hit, his hitters uh, coming into 2020? If you have resource, the one thing I learned with the Yankees when I was there as a coach, my first time coaching, my first five years with the Yankees is, if you have resources, you better be using them, no matter what it is. Because if one thing can help one guy, then it's worth it. Okay, use your resources, do your due diligence, make sure what you're saying is right, make sure that the player, you don't think the player can do something, research it, use the resource, make sure what you're saying is right. You know, there's nothing, that, there's nothing worse as a hitter when you have somebody telling you, hey, let's try this, let's try that. Throwing stuff and see what sticks. That's not good, especially in the big league. So you got to do your due diligence, use your resources, and I'll use whatever's available to me when necessary. How do you... Um approach that knowing that you want to use all these resources available, but uh, you're still learning about some of these people and what they can handle and what they can't. You ask questions. Mm-hmm. Simple. You just ask questions. Hey, what do you got on this? What do you got on that? And then, you know, from my experience and knowing what works and you, you start category, you know, categorizing guys as, well, I did this with this guy. Let's see if it works here without the player even knowing, because you don't want to bring up other players, but I know, right. Hey, when this is going bad, I know this works when this is not going bad. I know this works. And sometimes no video, nothing like that works even better. Right. I remember Frank, the players want the players want to always go and they want a quick fix. And sometimes there just isn't one. Well, they all get here for some reason, don't they? That's right. And you got to remind them of that. I remember Frank Manichino as an Oakland A, a Toronto Blue Jay, um, utility infielder, a couple of pitching appearances. Forgive me, I don't remember you as a pitcher, uh, Frank. But <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, then he's uh, all those years. I never uh, walked anybody. Well, <laughs> I never walked anybody. He threw strikes. They'll put it on the epitaph. He threw strikes. Um, Frank, right. I, I, I'm fascinated by the cat and mouse game that goes around the big leagues. You know, you got all these pitchers who throw sinkers and sliders. So then all these hitters start using. Long- launch angle to jack the ball out of the park. And now you got all these guys throwing high fastballs and like 12 to six curves or sliders with the vertical drop. And I'm wondering what you think hitters now need to do to combat that way. Cause there's so many pitchers now throwing a high fastball and like a 12, six curve or whatever to try and get them. What, what do pitchers need to do or hitters need to do? I should say, because pitchers think they have figured out how to beat launch angle guys. I will not answer that question. <laughs> That's great. 
I will not answer that question. Makes that sense. is for yeah. our eyes only, our ears only. Sorry. Oh, no, yeah. man. I think it's a great question and it's a great answer because it shows how all in you are, even talking to a, a radio station about <laughs> baseball, that this is for us and that's what I do and that's what we do. So yeah. I compliment mm-hmm. you on that non-answer. <laughs> I, I, I imagine Frank Menachino doesn't have many non-answers outside of doing radio shows because you're the players tell me that you're you know you you are Mr. Fireball when it comes to energy and and you are an open-minded guy. Well, I I I like debate. I teach my players how to eliminate me. I don't teach them to rely on me. I teach them how to think for themselves and relate. And I'm all about debate in the cage. If I say, hey, you need to start doing this, and they're like, well, hold on. I don't need that. I, I'm doing this. To, I, I encourage the debate. I don't mind an argument in the cage. I don't mind a player coming to me and saying, this is my plan today. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, really? You're going to do that against this guy? Yeah, I'm going to do that. Because I teach them, if you have conviction in a plan, even if it's the wrong plan, you could live with an 0 for 4, or you might prove me wrong and say, hey, I could do this, so I'm all for it. You know, I want them to be their own hitting coaches. That's the ultimate goal. Hey, hey Frank, um, a lot of sluggers are expected to be real good two-strike hitters now, too, and, like, transform into contact guys with, with two strikes. Is it possible? Is it possible that, that, that power hitters can, can adjust and become more contact-oriented with two strikes, or is it asking too much of guys? What do you guys? What do you think? I got a magic wand in my pocket. <laughs> we thought you were happy to see us. I don't know. Um, yeah. Why not? Why not? You know, it's about it's about uh, an approach. It's about commitment to what you're trying to do. You know, but ultimately, there's some guys that we don't we don't care if they cut down their swing or do this or do that. You know, so, you know, every player is different. But why not? Why can't a guy with that that has just because he has power, he wants to be a good hitter. I mean, there's a lot of good hitters out there that have power and can waste a lot of pitches with two strikes and ultimately hit a mistake. So yeah, any hitter can have a two strike approach and, you know, have a game plan to where I'm going to waste as many pitches as I can. And I'm going to wait for my pitch. You know, we're not going to be afraid to strike one. You know, we got two strikes and we have a, a, a plan up there to, put the ball in play and not strike simply just I'm not going to strike out is good enough for some people. Frank, uh, I'm going to ask you a real dumb question. Cause I specialize in these. Um, when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to, um, Luis Robert, does he have Ricky Henderson ability or is that limiting Luis Robert? You know, when you got a five two player, no, it's not. It's not dumb. I mean, you know, I, you know, you get in trouble when you compare players sure. to other players because then you're limiting them or sometimes, you know, blowing them up a little bit too much and putting expectations on them. When you got a five-two player like him, you don't know what the hell he could do. You don't know, so you got to really spend a lot of time. You got to be with this guy and see the ups and downs and see exactly what he can and cannot do. You know, watching him in AAA last year, you know, just out competing the talent. You know, you don't know. And I, you know, I, I get questions about him all the time. People want to do interviews all the time about him. And a lot of times I don't know. We don't know what right. he could do. It's, it's exciting, though. It is exciting. 
to even think yeah. about it. We uh, we talked to Nick Madrigal uh, last hour, and that that kid's contact skills is it seems special, Frank, from everybody that we've talked to, and um, and I'm looking forward to to seeing him. How special is his ability to make contact, and is that is that something that's teachable? Like, can you learn from whatever Madrigal has learned and done his whole life so far? You know, that's a talent, right? Hand-eye coordination, having a feel for what the pitcher's going to throw. I can make contact. He's got short levers. He's got, you know, when what I mean by short levers is not a statue like me. It's that he's got short movements to the ball, and he could put the ball in play. But sometimes that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And you guys are probably sitting there going, what do you mean? Okay. Well, when you could put the ball in play and you could hit a lot of different balls in the strike zone, you start offering at a lot of different pitches instead of being greedy and saying, I know I could hit that, but I'm going to wait for this that I could really hit good. Hmm. Right. You know, and I worked, you know, I worked with Nikki last year about that, about shrinking the strike zone. It's hard to throw you strikes. I know you want to hit, but let's start being greedy and start hitting the pitches that we could do damage on and we could drive and we could make solid contact on. And then with two strikes, use that ability to not strike out, which he doesn't strike out. So with that ability, let's use it for you as opposed to helping the pitcher out. Frank, uh, we really appreciate your time, but not only your time, but the, uh, the energy that you brought to this interview the honesty that you brought to it and to the fun that you brought to it. I hope we can do it again sometime soon. All right. You got it guys. No problem. Hey Frank, I look forward to asking you the high fastball question in person. (laughs) See if I can get an answer that way. Yeah. Look, that was one of the pitches I love to hit was the high fastball. Uh-huh. So you want to, you guys want to throw high fastballs? It's already up there. All we got to do is touch it. (laughs) Thanks, Frank, Frank. Thanks again. Frank Menachino, right. the you. hitting coach of the Chicago White Sox, <laughs> joining us for an entertaining uh, 15 minutes. And man. with him and Coop around, come on, it's going to be Let's exciting. Go. You're, if you ask a question, be ready for someone in your face uh-huh. with what are you talking about or a very good non-answer from I, a very good question. I refuse to answer that question. I loved him in The Irishman, by the way. I thought he was terrific Yeah, in the his answers were too long, just like the, um, the three-and-a-half-hour show. This segment is brought to you by Subway. Subway restaurants feature a different six-inch sub for three seventy-nine every day. Subway, make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. It's inside the clubhouse. A few more minutes before we get out of here at 11 o'clock. I'm solo at 11 o'clock. Doug Glanville going to join me in the 11 o'clock hour to talk about baseball's existential crisis as he wrote it in the New York Times. Keep it right here on The Score. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of Frank Manichino. Um Here on Sox Fest weekend, they've got some crazy stuff coming up today. Is bat flipping 101 today? Yes, with, it is. With Tim Anderson? Yeah, that starts in about a half hour at the McCormick Place. That'll be... It'll be fun. There, there's all kinds of cool seminars that are going on there. And you, I know you didn't get to get over there, but the, the layout is great over there at McCormick Place because it's all on one level. You can see all the way down 150 yards one way and the other. And 
you know, different stages set up. It's, it's, it's way cool. That's awesome. Well, um, I know you're going to head over there after yeah, well, this. Let's do some crosstalk with the, the next host. All right, let's, let's welcome him in. Um, All right, um, Matt Spiegel joins me right now. He'll be here until 1145. What oh, do you plan, Matt? Oh, hi, guys. Uh, how are you? Hi, guys. Um, I have uh, Doug Glanville, our mutual friend, the uh, excellent Doug Glanville, wrote a piece in the New York Times called Baseball's Existential Crisis about – this cheating scandal. So looking forward to talking to Doug in the next hour. And then um, Joe Buck was on with me and Dan McNeil yesterday and was really, really good, as usual. I want to give people a chance to hear that. So we'll probably play that at noon. Sounds good. People can follow me on Twitter, Matt, at MLB Bruce Levine. I also write on the website, Sox and Cubs, just about every day at 670thescore.com. You can hear all the great interviews that were on the station also on our podcast here uh, at the station, there were a lot of Sox players on today, Sox people all week long. And Matt, we have uh, people to thank, especially people from the White Sox, media relations, uh, helping us out, getting uh, Frank Manichino, as well as Nick Madrigal, our great, great producer. Zach uh, does a terrific job, so thank you to him as well, and have a great show. All right, thank you, Bruce. He's Bruce Levine, MLB Bruce Levine on the Twitters. I'm at Matt Spiegel 670. Keep it right here where this very handsome host takes over solo for the next buck 45. Doug Glanville coming up in five minutes on the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 